to Drummers Only Radio. Drummers Only is the UK's leading drum shop with store locations in Glasgow and Leeds. Our podcasts are full of interviews, gear reviews, and much more from the unique perspective of a drum shop. The show is hosted by two pasty Scottish dudes who talk real fast. Whoa, slow down there, Braveheart. So here's Chris, the Glasgow shop manager, and Adam, the social media manager. Be sure to like, subscribe, and let's do this. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for doing this, man. Yeah, th- thank you for having me. How, how long have you been doing the, the podcast? It's been about two years we've been doing it this year. Okay. So we started it August, I want to say, 2019. Yeah, Adam and I started it because we thought we should always have a podcast and when lockdown hit, we started videoing them like this because we obviously didn't have access to people anymore. Yeah. And we just kind of started the shop itself, started it taking it a little more seriously and, and that kind of thing. So I think we're the only drum store in the UK that has one. Awesome. Yeah. Winning. Yeah, so <laughs> we're, we're doing okay. Um, for our guests who have maybe been under a rock for the last... 10, 12 years. Jared is the CEO and founder of Drumio, the world's largest online drum site, with a lesson site. Is that a question? Uh, <laughs> rhetorical? You tell me. Uh, I don't know, man. It, it's, it's, uh, I think it's, there's a, it's big, huh? Yeah, it's, it's definitely grown over the years, so it's, it's pretty fun. How's, it, um, how's Drumio developed from how you imagined it to where it is now? Is it, is it did, is it the way you saw it, or has it become something bigger? Definitely, it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of taken. It's it's kind of got a mind of its own now. I say I say it's it's its own entity, mm-hmm. and although I'm I'm still a huge part of it, day to day, and I'm still filming regular videos for it. Um, I love the fact that I think if I just like got hit by a bus <laughs> tomorrow, it would still be there it would still be going and that was always my my vision was always that i want to create something that outlives me um Mm -hmm. because i don't know i just i just like the fact that my kids could then see that and maybe their kids could see that and i grew up in family business and so that's always been really important to me is to have some form of legacy through business um and that's what i'm like consistently working towards so i'm i'm all about the long game Mm -hmm. really long into my death (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a good game to be in man yeah, and it, and yeah. it's funny because a lot of people when lockdown hit wished they were in your possession right yeah you know everyone everyone um was was like scrambling to go online and go digital and and we didn't change very much and so we were grateful for that and and i said to my staff like right when the lockdown happened it was like a couple weeks in and businesses were were you know worried and, and what's going on and i just said you know what we are so lucky Okay, we are so lucky. We did not do anything special to deserve this. Um, and so we need to move forward with like gratefulness and we need to move forward with uh, humble, being, continue to be humble and just try and serve our students the best we can throughout this period of time when many people are, are struggling. And so even though we're fine, everything's great, um, it doesn't mean that that's the way it's going everywhere else, right? But it means that you guys are you know, it doesn't matter if we're in a global pandemic or not, you guys are always still visible and accessible, you know, at all the times because of just how you've built Drumio up. Now, it's yeah. funny, leading off what Chris asked you about, you know, Drumio, did you always see it this way? It's funny, I, before this interview, I looked back on Drumio's YouTube channel 
and I went all the way back to the first video you guys uploaded because um, I remember watching it when it first came out um, when it was freedrumlessons.com and I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm 28 now and I was 15 at the time and I just not long started playing drums and I was like, oh man, this is like amazing. Like this is cool that like people are just, you know, uploading these really high quality lessons and mm. things like that. So, you know, we're talking about the vision of Drumio, like when you first started doing free drum lessons online, you know, did you have any idea of what would become now Drumio or, you know, no. what, what was your mind, your thought process? Well, the, with free drum lessons, like it was myself and my business partner, Rick Kettner at the time. And we were just trying to look ahead and see, okay, where is the, where is culture moving here when it comes to people's attention, you know? Um, and we didn't, there wasn't the term back then, but you know, you, you hear it now, this term called attention economy. And in business, if you're selling a product or a service, you have to have some form of attention to sell that. And so we were, we were thinking about how can we get attention, but in a way that actually helps people. And in a way that doesn't, um, that doesn't necessarily like draw too much from the well in that, you know, we don't want to be advertising. We want to be, we want our marketing or our content to truly help people. And we found that when, when your marketing just, just helps people without asking for anything in return, people will be more inclined to trust you and buy from you in the future. And so, yeah, and so that was kind of like the, the hypothesis at the time. And I remember when we went into the, 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 the session of filming, you know, because we were paying like maybe 1200 bucks a day to film and then we were going editing. We were, we were spending maybe, you know, FDL, I think originally cost us between, you know, 75 and $100,000 to put together. And, and we were telling people about it and they're like, so how are you going to make money? Because of all freedrumlessons.com, we're like, well, we don't really know, but we know that if we, <laughs> if we can help people and get them to know, like, and trust us, um, then hopefully they'll ask us for more and tell us what they want in the future. Yeah. Um, and then that's essentially what it was. You know, it's kind of like, we kind of have this just element of curiosity about the, the way that we run business and the way that we develop any sort of products or services is we have solid hypotheses, hypotheses based off of data and study, you know, within the market. And then we act on those. And I would say around half the time we succeed and half the time we fail. So that's a pretty good success <laughs> rate though, man. You know, yeah, so. <laughs> I was going to say, well, how did you find the gap in the market? Did you, was it an obvious gap to you? Or was it something that you, like, you, you kind of stand back and like, well, what's not happening what's for, for drum lessons? Well, obviously the internet, you know, is that? Yeah, well, there was no, when we first started doing that, I think YouTube, when we, yeah, when we sat down the path of freedromlessons.com, YouTube hadn't even launched or become popular yet, Whoa. right? So, so uh, the original freedromlessons.com videos were uploaded on a platform called Howcast. And so what we were trying to do is just build a destination for drummers um, that anyone could link to. So when anyone asked in a forum or when anyone asked anywhere, because there's no social media then. So it's like drum forums. Mm, it mm, was mm -hmm. House of uh, Drumming and all that. Yeah. Drummer world yes. and all that. Yeah. yeah. So we thought when someone says, hey, I'm a new drummer, where should I start? We wanted them to link to us. And so we wanted to create a website that felt very approachable, that felt very... Um, like, hey, they're not trying to sell me anything. You know, everyone has their bullshit radar, right? So as soon as <laughs> if they can sense it right away, it's like, yeah. what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so we wanted that. So when they dropped on the website, like, this is amazing. It gives me everything I need 
without asking me for anything in return. And they have a forum and are responding, the, the, the website owners are responding and helping and giving me more information, again, without asking for anything. We made it a point to not put ads on the website uh, for a, the first year. Um, and later it's obviously changed. Business has to be sustainable. So strategies shift, but you know, at the time it was very much just a way to create uh, a, a place, a destination for drummers to go online that actually deserved to be the number one place that people would re recommend. Nothing based on just you know, search engine optimization tactics or pay-per-click advertising tactics or psychological persuasive tactics in the form of like our voodoo copy or anything like that. You know, we wanted just to create a spot that deserved to be number one on the merits of its own of its of its own thing, being that it just was there to help drummers. That's it. Did did you design those merits, or was it something you saw missing? Again, you know, like if if you wanted it to be based on its merit, did you see that merit that wasn't there from other places or other things, and then decide what that was? Yeah, there was nowhere to go where it was just like, okay, a brand new drummer if they search like beginner drum lessons or whatever, like we would look at back then it was search data, right? So we were looking at, we would do a, go to Google trends or Google keywords. And we'd say, okay, what are people searching for? What, what problems are they trying to solve? Um, and that's a great way to start any business, right? Look at a problem in the marketplace, look at the competition. Is it currently being solved or not? Yes or no. If it's no, then solve that problem for people. So people are searching for terms like free drum lessons, like drum lessons, like beginner drum lessons, like, like how to play drums, learn how to play drums, drum lessons, all these terms. We're like, well, we need, no one's really created an amazing number one resource for these. So that's, that was what we did with that. And thankfully it worked because otherwise I would have been out a lot of money. <laughs> it seems to be a very simple way to do it. Yeah. A, a very natural way to do it. It's kind of cold though, Chris, because it's like, this is the thing with business and, and creativity and artists, right? Artists don't want to necessarily pander to, oh, I'm just going to do that because that's what they told me to do. That's not, I'm not, that's, I'm not being true to myself as an artist. Um, so I, I guess I just have this very split brain and I have half of my brain, which is business analytics, like I can be cold, have tough discussions. And then half my brain, I am that artist that's going to sweat over like my 12 inch Tom. And why is it not sounding the way I want? And, you know, so I have, and I'm able to go from one to the next. Um, and I've met other people like that too in business, but some people are more true to the artist side. And I, I look up to those people so much because uh, <laughs> yeah. it's just different. You know, we need some of everyone, but for me, it's like, I'm able to, to kind of look at things in a more cold way, uh, whereas other people wouldn't do it that way. Well, there's a kind of similarity there with what we do because mm. we love drums. Everybody in here loves drums. Mm. But we can't be precious about what we sell because it's not actually ours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it belongs to whoever buys it. So yeah. we've just had a beautiful Yamaha PHX land flagship, top of the range, but it's got to go to someone. Yeah, it has to go out. It, it can't. It, it can't, it can't live stay. Here forever. You know, it can't live. No, you're right. It can't live here forever. So, well, I get that, man. I get having that split in your brain. Yeah. Well, like, look at how beautiful this crafted, handcrafted instrument is. Who's going to yeah. buy it? You know. Yeah. Which is also frustrating because, like, the creative part of us really wants to play it. 
yeah. No, I get that, man. That 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 seems to be that will be why you're successful as well, because you can have that. You can have the tough conversations that need to be had, and at the same time, still deliver a a service that helps people. Yeah, like I understand the creative side of and of what musicians want and how they want to progress, and you know the psychology behind that because that's essentially me. Mm, <laughs> I yeah. am that person mm-hmm. who I still feel like. The more I play, the more I feel like I suck. And that's because the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. Yeah. And that's just the, the, the way artists work. Um, but on so on the other side, there's the business side where it's like, okay, I want to help people like me. And, uh, and how can I do that? How can I help continually solve problems for people? Mm-hmm. And that's the more like analytical business side. Mm-hmm. And so I think they're both, they both have validity. And there's art in both of them, just in different forms. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, like, yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. What's the biggest challenge when growing the brand then for you guys? The challenges, the challenges really change throughout the years. So, you know, ori- originally uh, the challenge was finding people that liked our products and sell them the products, you know, so we are not bankrupt. You know, that, that's basically <laughs> it. And so we went, originally it was like this, right? Um, we had so many, so many challenges, external and internal, you know, external beyond our control. The U.S. dollar shifted. It was like, it almost, it almost ruined us at one point. Um, internal, it's the decisions we're making on a day-to-day basis uh, that are right or wrong based on our gut feeling. You know, we've made a lot, a lot of wrong decisions. Um, they're generally more valuable than the right ones because you know what not to do. Yeah. Um, so for example, like right now, the, the company is, has grown a lot and we're at around 70 people uh, total inside the company. And this is spread over four brands, right? So I have Guitario, I have Piano, I have Drumio, and then we're launching a new brand in July called Singio. And so now my challenge is we're hiring so many people. I, I'm, I wanna make sure all of these staff are happy, are feeling challenged, are professionally developing, you know, like any, any one who works for any company, they want to feel some sort of connection to that company and some level of growth. And so that's been a, a big challenge now. It's just like making sure everyone is on the same page, everyone's aligned, moving towards um, the, the mission of getting more people to start and stay playing music, right? We want to eliminate the dusty in- instruments in closets, okay? Uh, this is something that I feel is like the, the music industry has kind of done a poor job on the music um, instrument industry. You know, they, they're, they're too focused on the front end selling instruments, and then they don't care if people use them or not. And so we really want to try and do both. It's very difficult. So I know why they don't do it. But um, so that now that's that's a challenge is the, the people aligning them as well as from the student side of things, keeping people engaged and loving playing music yeah it's fascinating because there's just yeah questions off of that answer there's like the the uk music scene and industry has a lot of influence because of its uh, heritage and its history but globally it's very 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 small very small like there'll be more drummers in texas than there are in the uk you know what i mean Mm. so um when no one's picking up instruments that that will have a, a causality there's a causality for you because if not right. enough people are picking up instruments, then not enough people are coming to Dromeo to, to buy a subscription or, or yeah, to learn how to play it. So, yeah, yeah I, I, it's, a, it's fascinating. I think there's something in that instrument companies 
should maybe try and find a way to encourage people to bring them out the the, the cupboard again or pick up. And it's it's also trend led. Like, man, th- three quarter length guitars went crazy when Ed Sheeran blew up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every, yeah, everybody decided that let's play the three quarter size guitar. I can get a loop pedal. I can do it all on my own. Yeah. So f- it feels a little like um, Adam Levine from Maroon Five has recently come out to say there are no bands anymore. No one yeah. likes bands anymore. So it feels like the music industry needs to find some sort of band, guitar band or something to, to spearhead it. Maybe I don't know the answer, but maybe it's it's the market is the market, man. Like you can't really change what people want. Um, you can change what influences culture, but you can't necessarily guarantee that whatever you do is going to change culture. You can only try things and throw lots of money at them. Right. Uh, and, and lots of lots of uh, organizations do this. I, I think uh, I think music is is more like fashion in that it's cyclical, right? And so now you see like I, I see people like kids wearing these really high pants and bell bottoms are coming back, and it's like, what the hell is going on here? God? This this is I don't want to have to go back to that. I was just getting into the skinny jeans here <laughs> after I had to get my figure in order to get. To <laughs> so, so now we're going bell bottoms. Uh, okay, uh, whatever. I'm going to start eating lots of food again. Yeah, you can go but, and raid your dad's closet. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So I think music is like that, and I, and I and I I hope that the the band comes back and is popular again yeah and i hope that learning an instrument becomes popular again it just might be different it might not be the same instruments Mm. you know it might be different Mm -hmm. tools Mm -hmm. and i think it's hard for us right as drummers we don't want to be we i say we don't want to be romantic about the tool but i am well Um, we all are we still play finished drums you know what i mean yeah right so that's that's difficult so but we have to be comfortable with the fact like that future bands might have more electronic drums. They might have, they might require drummers and rhythmists to do things differently. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. Things like the way we home record now, just looking behind you, it's all, there's a yeah. full rig there. It's not done in the studio anymore. It's done on a budget. All these things are changing all the time. Yeah, right? So it's like, oh, all wow. my cameras, are they? Woo! All, 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 my ca- all my cameras are mirrored for some reason. I don't uh, know why. What is that drum set? This is well. I, I wish I was mirrored. This is a A and F kit. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have a lot of um, market over here. That, that, that no one's doing them over here. Can I yeah, just say well, shout out for like unexpected like multicam? Hello. <laughs> like, that was rad. <laughs> well, well, I do. Uh, I do a Drumio coach stream. So we have our Drumio coaches, and so we do like around thirteen live streams a week. Um, and I do one of them and every, every Saturday. So I'm set up here. My wife comes in and hosts, um, the kids interrupt us fighting from time to time <laughs> and, uh, and I'll, and I'll play, a, I'll play piano and sing her songs sometimes. So we just like get ridiculous and fun, uh, in this room. And so I created this because it's like so nice to have a space where I could just like walk out with my, my, in my socks and sit down and do a live stream rather than driving 20 minutes to the studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a drum shop. You have a, a, a massive drum educational website. What was your relationship like with your first drum teacher? Because that's supposed to be the most important one, right? The one that puts sticks in your hands and gets you to play back in black. So <laughs> did you have a good relationship with that teacher? Yeah, my, my first teacher was a guy named Ron Jansen. And Ron was my second cousin. Um, and he actually, at the time, he was 
you know those those hot rods or, or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so he had a company where he was making these hot rods and so he was really into drumming and, and drumming business and stuff like that but he was a meat and potatoes drummer and he was more of a he was more of a musician and he used he learned and played drums just as a way to, for him to make music because he also played guitar he also sang so when he taught me it was like there wasn't any sort of element of there was no technique he doesn't know technique all he does is hit the drums and i think i actually think that was really good for me uh because if i if he went too technical too early i think i might have lost interest mm-hmm. so it was all just about playing beats uh playing a few fills and then getting right into songs mm-hmm. there was no like how to sit or how to set up or how to tune <laughs> or how to hold yeah. thing, uh, nothing then after that i had to go back and relearn some stuff with with other teachers but my first teacher was awesome. He taught me everything I needed to know to play songs. And so that's why I think within one year after my first lesson and obsessively practicing for that whole year, one year after that, I started teaching. Right. Wow. So okay. I could, yeah. So I was, I was like, yeah, he taught me a lot about teaching, getting new drummers started and, um, and what, what is actually required, you know, cutting out all the, all the fluff and just giving them what they need to get playing music ASAP. Is that something that you still do personally now, even with Dromeo? Is this, a, or do you just have, do you have like um, a playlist of, um, I could show you, but here's like Benny Greb, for example, here's showing you the exact same thing, or do you know what I mean? Uh, well, we have we have lots of playlists for new drummers and, and different ones. Like we have the Dromeo method, which is like our curriculum, our core curriculum inside of Dromeo, and where the first level one is just getting you playing music. But we do go over some of the tuning stuff and how to hold sticks and everything. Um, and then I have another course coming out called New Drummers Start Here, which is a much quicker course. So it's for those drummers that are just like, okay, just get me started. Uh, I don't want to watch a ton of videos. Just get me going as soon as possible, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And then we have other courses that are like 10 videos, getting people started as quick as, like really quickly, leaving out a lot of stuff. Um, and and every, people kind of can just gravitate towards what they like the most yeah when i studied at college we did a lot about um how to teach and different methods that people use and people learn in so many different ways i i I don't know that a subscription or or a a prescription rather is 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 kind of for for one for everyone works especially with music because people hear it differently like my wife has what's called synesthesia so she she associates color with things so like you know, I, and I, I know, I think Kaz Rodriguez has it. Yeah, he does. So yeah. like he will look at music in a, a wildly different way from Adam and I or you. Or, so like finding one way for everyone just doesn't work. And especially if you're dealing with children, like I, I've, I've taught kids before. Yeah, and we've all been there, man. Yeah, like, I, I trying to get them to, it's like trying to get this, to like teaching them to ride a bike, just let them go and let them stumble. And eventually they'll keep pedaling, you know. I think that's a really good way to do it. I think that makes so much sense, you know. But that's why private instruction is never, ever going to go anywhere. Like the one-to-one element is so important for the people where they, they try other things or they know what's not going to work for them. You know what I mean? Like for me, when, for exercise, for example, in the gym, like I just, in order to, for me to do it, I need a trainer and I need someone there to show me. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it. I'm just, my mind just doesn't work that way. But, and so, yeah, other things, it's, it's different. So you have to be very self-aware. And I think the thing is, is kids aren't, kids don't know what they don't know. They're not self-aware. And so that's where a, a good teacher is really important. Yeah. Do your, kid, do your kids play? Uh, no, they, they, they bash around and stuff. Just they play piano. Yeah. yeah. 
they play piano a little bit. Yeah. You know, everyone everyone asks me that, but it's like I'm not gonna force them. I, no. I like love I love drumming, but they can yeah. they are into the Minecraft and Roblox and like yeah. they they film videos and um yeah, they they're into tech and gaming and a little yeah. bit of music. Yeah, my my daughter turns one next week and my wife and oh, I Chris. we should we both play drums. So we are getting that a lot. Is she gonna play it? She started to pick up sticks, but yeah. we'll just let her like hit them well she's trying to eat them actually more than anything else at the moment but uh, she knows she like she can see that there's a practice pad and like i i, I kind of i have to hit that and then yeah. I'll eat it again like you know what i mean she could just kind of attack yeah. tactile at the moment for them for her you know it's yeah it's, it's fascinating though but yeah the way they, the way people learn is, is is vastly different so those courses sound like a great idea mm. um do you do any teaching in those courses anymore or do oh, yeah. you yeah all the time yeah, I did the whole level one of the method. I, I did this new course that's launching in, I think, in April, a couple of weeks. Um, shot here, actually, called New Drummers Start Here. It's just more of a different course. Like I said, shorter. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah I still do a lot of stuff, especially like, with COVID. Yeah, for sure. Your site has hundreds of information on it from, mm -hmm. obviously, all the courses, your Edge memberships, all the podcasts, like looking at the Drumio Gab stuff, looking at all those lessons, like... How do you decide to funnel it when people start asking you questions? Because the one thing that I've learned doing these and, and listening to other podcasts is every drummer has an opinion, man. Like, and their opinion's right, you know what I mean? Like, uh, because it's art and because it's subjective yeah. and like Mark Giuliana's going to be different from Peter Erskine's going to be different from like uh, uh, Michael Shack, who's you know, priorities are wildly different. How do you funnel that for people? Because there's just so much there outside of the basic, here's how we play a beat. Well, it's, it is kind of like a buffet, right? Uh, when you go there and, and it's similarly to any video sharing uh, platform. So for those, there's a lot of people actually that just want the curriculum and they want to be able to look at the lesson and look at the next lesson. And then we have, we have assignments included. And we have deli deliverables or, or uh, goals for, for each student to hit for each lesson. But yeah, there's over 5,000 hours of content <laughs> inside of Drumio. <laughs> and so right now, a big thing is working on the organization of this content so we can give drummers what they need uh, when they need it, right? That's the ultimate goal is for a drummer to think in their head, I want to learn this, and then for them to go on Drumio and see that. That would be uh, obviously that we can't make that direct kinetic connection, but <laughs> not, uh, not yet. How <laughs> rad would that be? Yeah, yeah. Uh. yeah. So, so we're doing things like you know we're 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 doing a figuring out a recommendation engine, we which is a big coding thing. Mm -hmm. I had a meeting this morning about um, our search function and creating new algorithms that that weight specific things based on what people are searching for. Mm -hmm. Predictive search. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, get, you know, all these kind of things. That's just boring business stuff. But it's all—it's like the nuts and bolts of of how the website comes together on the back end. It's like ours. If someone spells Zildjian wrong, the yeah. website still has to recommend them Zildjian symbols if that's what they want. Or, you know, trying to just catalog DW parts. You know, yeah. like tiny little bolts and and keys and and you know, like it's insane. So absolutely get that, man absolutely yeah. do get because you're right it's, it's totally essential you know these are things that you know obviously people you know will search wrong or you know trying yeah. to they'll, they'll search something so vague that you just hope that your specific thing is the right thing that they see you know yeah 
Yeah, so if they search drum fills, like what should they see? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. what level are they? How long yeah. have they been playing? Mm-hmm. Do they play a four piece, five piece, seven piece <laughs> drum set? Yeah. You know, like there's all these questions and, and permutations and, and variables. I don't, yeah, we'll never get it perfect, but the, the, the important thing is, is that we keep trying and we keep pushing to improve because over time, as we learn, we'll just slowly get better. And like I said, I'm in the this for the long game. So yeah, it's I, all I, good. I think you guys are doing a pretty amazing job, man. You know, like Thanks. the the exposition of of some of the the most amazing players in the world, um, creating some of the most lesson the, the greatest lesson content. We we're good friends with Todd Sirkerman. He's like, oh nice man. Like that guy is just to have that guy, even just him on his own. You know the joy he, <laughs> the, the joy he brings when when he when he's there. You know. We were talking actually to Todd about when you took him up a Canada mountain, a Canada mountain, a mountain in Canada, um, <laughs> with a yellow peril decades and got him to play drums up the top of a mountain. And yeah. it's, it just, yeah. Yeah, he told us the story. He, he, did he? Yeah, he was so, he was kind of nervous. And I was too, because we loaded these helicopters <laughs> with stuff. And I was just like, is this going to take off? And I had a bass drum on my lap in a <laughs> helicopter. And I was like, this doesn't feel right. <laughs> Yeah, I remember watching the video and you just said to him like, yeah, it should be fine. And there's just he, he had this expression on his face that was just like, oh man, today could very well be my last day. Yeah. Like, No, I was, all I was going to say is I think he earned his gin and tonic at the end of the day, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you all did. What's, what's pretty startling is how well he played with like freezing hands in the rain at altitude. Unreal. Mega. Yeah. Mega. It was like he, he would go... Like we were sitting out there, it was we were hoping for good weather, but it's just <laughs> raining off and on, and it's pretty cold. Like if, if he's not, he's from Austin, right? So he's not really as used to that cold, I don't think. And, no. and for us, it's like ah, what a little bit of rain. You can't not like be okay with rain if you live in BC. It's like a yeah. rainforest, right? <laughs> so so yeah, he he just kept his hands warm, and then when he came out, like it was shocking how good he played. Yeah, yeah, he's. Yeah. We, he's still probably from through the staff in here. He's still the best clinic we've ever put on. Yeah, just I, I don't doubt it. A, outstanding, a, a consummate pro. Um, I met him. I we had tried to get him for clinic. It's a long story, but we tried to get him for clinic, and it didn't happen mm. for whatever reason. But he was he, he about a year later. He emailed the shop saying, "Yo, I'm I'm passing through Glasgow where the band are playing. Unfortunately, I can't get you a ticket. But if you can get to the show." We can hang out. So right. I get a ticket and like, yeah, he's like, yeah, man, come to this door at this time. And I, straight after he'd played a set, he went backstage, changed his shirt and stood outside and hung with me for an hour, just shooting the breeze on all things drums. He's that guy, man. That's, that's yeah. who he is. You know, he's absolutely just warm, welcoming, humble. He's, he's like a proper asset yeah. for you guys, you know, and, and music generally, you know. Yeah, he's one of those guys that, you know, I'm not going to say musicians are lazy because they're not, but some their musicians and drummers can have this rap that's like they're lazy. They are a little, they can be lazy or unreliable or not as hardworking. Um, Todd is none of those things. He's an incredible, he's an incredible teacher. He's an incredible player. Um, and he's such a hard worker. One yeah. of the hardest working drummers I've ever met. But without the hustle. Without the, without the, like your bullshit meter doesn't go off, man. Like you know yeah. what I mean. It, you just never feel like you're you're being hustled out of something. Yeah. You know. No, he's he's fantastic. Um, when we're speaking to Todd, 
Um, obviously, you guys, looking at Drumio, over the years, you've had a cavalcade, I'm going to use the word cavalcade, um, <laughs> of different drummers beyond, you know, from like Annie Caniles and Benny Greb and so on and so forth. So this is a two-part question, and you probably get this quite a lot, so forgive me if I'm asking you something that's familiar, but um, is there anyone that you've not had on Drumio that you would love to have on? Mm -hmm. um, that's always seemed to just elude you at any given moment or like, you know, say you've just hit up, I don't know, I can't even think of an example, but they just happen to be busy at the time and just your, your schedules have never met. Is there anyone like that? Uh, Steve Gadd would be one. That would that, be uh, rad. There's been lots of discussions uh, throughout the years with different, with companies and, and stuff. And so we're trying to make that happen. Uh, Vinny Kaliuta is a hard drummer to lock down, especially because he's in like clinics and doesn't necessarily mm. have the same education. From what I hear, doesn't have the same educational philosophies. So there's differences, which I think is even more fascinating. Mm. So it would make for some really interesting discussions. Mm. Um, Carter Beaufort, my favorite mm. drummer, mm. Dave Matthews Band, mm -hmm. you know, Hell yeah. I would love to have him out. Um, Travis Barker. I would love to have him out. Jimmy Chamberlain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. But just so you know, Chris is a huge Jimmy Chamberlain nerd. Okay, I've spoken with Jimmy before, um, and we've talked. We've talked about stuff, and it's just a matter of like finding the right time and the mm. right, you know, the right moment for them to, you know, be a, be a part of what we're doing here. Because they, they generally, the way it worked is they have to travel to us. It's a two or three day thing. Um, it's outside of the scope of what they're normally doing. You know, it's like, so they're on the road or they're doing sessions and now they have to think like, okay, I have to teach a lesson. I have to teach a lesson live uh, and I have to play songs. Um, and I've, I just heard from people before that it's very stressful because of the fact that it's targeted towards drummers and they go and read the comments. And, oh. you know, oh, and so yeah, that's, yeah. They, don't, they don't want to get flamed. They don't want to do poorly they they want to do really really well and so there's more pressure and uh so that's why i think it, it it'll it'll all happen you know hopefully in in time long game yeah long game yeah yeah because it's amazing looking at drumio kind of evolve and grow over time especially because i've mirrored it to how we do our podcasts a lot which i know is a ridiculous link but stay, stay with me um because like before it would just be, you know, you interview someone just to have them on your podcast. Whereas now it's like, we want to interview people because they have valuable things to say, mm. you know, and much like Drumio, I would assume in the beginning, you get a big name like Benny Greb or Todd Zuckerman or whoever, because, you know, it's great having them teach a lesson, but now it's more catered to, okay, well, what can this drummer bring to us? You know, what can this drummer bring like about their vibe and, you know, how they approach things that's different from, yeah. you know, like from Thomas Pridgen mm. to, you know, to Stan Bicknell or, you know what I mean? Like they all have something unique yeah. that they can bring to it. It's not just let's get another famous drummer in to do it. Yeah, and, and from a business point of view, it captures more audience. It reaches a wider market. You know, if, if, yeah. you, if you have, I mean, you had Dan Mayo, like, you know, it's, it's, he's not he's not mainstream in it by any stretch really you know well he was on the podcast yeah, yeah. i don't think he's but, ever been to drumming yeah but you, you know it's, it's still it's somewhere in there and it, it, it's an audience to start reaching out to before that becomes the next logical step i guess yeah. well know? well we had larnell lewis was our first guest instructor and that mm -hmm. was before he got the gig with snarky puppy mm -hmm. um and that was really that was a, a really interesting uh, guest and it taught us a lot about 
who we should bring out out to Drumio. And so it's not all like numbers driven. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah, it's, but it is. There is a blend, right? But, but, we do yeah, want, like yeah. Audience, when I, I guess when I say reach an audience, that's that, that's not like you're a movie trying to sell tickets at the weekend. You're you're offering valuable information to musicians, and yeah. you know, I I could probably guarantee that maybe some of the jazz guys that walk into this store don't feel as um not. Like it's not a jazz shop. It's not. It's not like um, revival drum store or something where there's couches right. and rugs everywhere and we're selling riveted cymbals because mm -hmm. that audience isn't big enough for us to mm. sustain a business. So you know, I I, I get it. I, you, but we still sell jazz cymbals, so we still offer that option for people. Yeah, I think is what I'm trying to say. You know, I think yeah. you got there in the end. Yeah, yeah, somewhere. <laughs> I, 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 it's hard to balance, you know, because essentially you are. You become a curator on the on this in the drum gear thing. You're the curator, and and because you're in this geographic location, people come to you and they they look to you for what they need as a drummer and what the what tools they should be considering, right? Yeah, especially if you offer yourself as an authority. Yeah, because that's ultimately what we're all trying to do. You know, yeah. you, you be an educational authority, us as a as a, a sort of um, product authority or instrument authority. You know, to what what to buy for the right gig, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so if, there, if you've got over 5,000 hours of content, how has that changed your approach to playing the instrument? Because there's just so much. For, you must have learned so much talking to these guys and girls, man. Like. In my development, it's more about what I choose not to practice than what okay. I choose to practice. Mm -hmm. um, so I see so many, so many great things and I just can't, can't go through them all. And yeah. so I try and pull like the, the, the things that apply to me and, and in, in my personal development as a drummer, what I, where I want to see myself going. And so that's obviously be, creates my own unique journey. Mm -hmm. And uh, with my, with, with, you kind of can see some of the influences along the way. So you'll see a lot of, I, I hope you see some Todd Zuckerman influences. I hope you see some Carter Beaufort influences. I hope you see some Steve Gadd, some Dave Weckles, a little bit of Thomas Lang, all these, like, mm. all these great drummers. And so, yeah, it's, it's hard to know though, like, like now I'm practicing double bass mm. um, and I took like a 10 year break on that. <laughs> uh, so I feel like really, really bad at double bass. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's healthy though, right? That's, that's yeah. health. It's healthy to be, to suck at something, especially as an adult. Yeah. You know, it's hard you, though. Absolutely. And, it, and it, <laughs> it should be, I guess, you know, it should be like, um, I'm with you, man. I, the double bass and me are not friends. <laughs> we struggle so, a lot. I've never played it. I've, I don't have a double pedal. So really? I, no, never done yeah. it, man. No, always just been one. Well, my social media manager Yoni, um, he he really likes Gojira, and oh, Gojira yeah. is this metal band. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, So they they challenged me to play a Gojira song, and so I'm, okay, okay, cool. I'll I'll play it. I listen to it. And it should be fine. Um, had some double bass in it, and and then like, oh yeah, we we uh, got a hold of Gojira. We talked to Mario, the drummer, and they sent us a drumless track. I'm like, okay, great. So now the, the drummer is going to be watching this. Pressure's on. <laughs> I, pr I practiced like probably like in the pa this past week, I probably pra practiced like 10 hours. Okay. And my legs just kept seizing up. It's like, <laughs> and I got to the end of it. I'm like, guys, I, I can't, I can't actually do the part because this is a muscular thing. Like, so we were, we were set to film. I think we filmed two days ago and I ended up switching how I was doing the part to just doing double strokes because I was uncomfortable double strokes with both feet, not singles. And so it's like, yeah, it's this weird 
thing of like trying to balance what I learn and still actually putting content out there. Um, and there's a, there's more pressure in certain situations. Yeah. <laughs> Every day is leg day. Totally. I think it's fascinating. Like, you know, when you look at you guys as a brand that you're not just constantly pumping out lessons and what I mean, but that may sound like a weird thing to say, but what I mean is like you're constantly doing lifestyle style content, lifestyle style content, lifestyle mm -hmm. content where like you have, you know, when you did the Phil Collins video where you had about a million different drums set up mm -hmm. around the drummy office, you know, but stuff like that is, is fun. Do you know what I mean? It's fun to watch. So what was it yeah. like filming that? Cause I imagine that must've been a bit of a headache. Uh, yeah, well, I didn't have to set it up. So I have a great... Uh, <laughs> you had a great time, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have, a, I have a drum tech on staff. He, his, his definition, I think it's, his job title is facilities manager, but he's a drummer <laughs> and and he, um, he he really just gets it. And he sets up, he now can set up my kit. And I hardly have to move anything. It's the most amazing feeling wow. to have wow. that. But he set up these 99 toms all around 99? our office. Wow. 99 toms. And I did four takes of that. Wow. The harder part was singing it over top of <laughs> Phil's vocal. And it's just like, man, I do not sing. But I figured if it's a Phil Collins video and I'm just playing drums, it's not fair. Yeah. Right. So I have to like sing along with it. But the whole idea around that is like, we wanna, when it comes to our public facing content, it's different than what's inside of Drumeo. Drumeo is like this walled garden, this oasis. Um, this utopia where drummers can come and it's safe. You can share videos of your practice. You can talk about what your struggles are. No one's going to flame you. We don't have trolls, you know, inside of Drumio. It's just, they don't exist. YouTube public is different. It's open. There's more anonymity. There's just a, a, a more broad range of people. But there, what we try and do is create content that appeals to a really wide audience, but that can help to influence drumming culture and music culture. So, the 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 night the, the in the air tonight video the larnell lewis hears enter sandman for the first time like that got like five million views in in uh in, in a month or so and what i like about those those pieces of content is they reach way outside of the drumming sphere to people that don't have not even played drums or maybe used to play drums kind of are interested and they'll see it and they'll be like hey yeah i i want to pull that drum set out of my closet blow the dust off and play again so that's what we're doing there is we're, we're trying to get people to start playing drums and we're trying to keep drums in the conversation when it comes to music culture it feels like that split brain again yeah drumio uh, drumio content external content it feels like that again which is again yeah. smart you know if it's if it's driving the bus a certain way then yeah there has to be you've got to put the road down for the bus to go on, I think, you know, in order for yeah. people to get it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I never um, thought I'd hear a bus metaphor today. Yeah. Of no. like, you know, <laughs> you'll That's... go to bed a better person. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> so, guitario, guitarno, piano, guitario, singio. Yeah. Is that going to be a hybrid with drumio as well? So, like, band ideas? So maybe guest guitarists come in and talk to you guys about what is expected of a drummer or how to back a singer, how to play, and, and learn yeah. those kind of musical skills? Is that the road for that? Yeah, so so we have, like, drumio, piano, guitario, singio. We have, we have some bass platforms in mind, or we're going to work with a partner there. Um, and then the, the, the eventual thing is to build what's called a unified platform and create a space where musicians can connect with others in their local area that have similar musical interests 
and that are at similar levels. So if you wanted to, yeah. So like I was, I tell my staff, like, wouldn't it be cool if we created the next Beatles? This is like a huge, you know, obviously a, a big ambitious goal, right? But that's kind of a cool mission or vision to say, yeah, we're going to create the next Beatles or we're going to create the next Led Zeppelin and we're going to be at least be a part of their story, right? That would be so amazing. Um, yeah, so, so that's the thing when it comes to an educational perspective. And then we're also um, talking about doing more edutainment or like my, the, my business is called Musora, right? We, we talked about doing like Musora entertainment. Um, and have uh, more documentaries there. I'm working on a, a sitcom idea right now. <clears throat> I'm working with writers, yeah. Um, and then document, we're doing, a, we did one documentary on the history of electronic drums. We're doing another one on the hundred years of drum sounds. Uh, we're doing stuff in piano and, and guitar as well. And so, yeah, we really wanna just create content that positively affects music culture. Yeah, that'd be amazing. That's that, that's... Man, you, you strike me as quite fearless. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm like, bold um, and fearless, man. Like, I don't care. I'm doing it. <laughs> well, well, it's a long-term thing. Uh, I'm not... I'm not uh, just doing this for the next five years and then cashing out. Um, so I'm in reinvesting all of my money. For better or for worse, I could be broke in 20 years after all of this. It's just the way it is. And um, my dad always says, like, head, head down, horns out. You know, let's go. Let's get it. It feels like you'd die on the sword a little for it all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. I think I think this industry needs a little bit more of that because it's got some real integrity to it. It, it doesn't feel like, certainly doesn't feel like it's a, a, you're trying to make some sort of weird cash cow. And I, I don't know, I don't ever think, I don't know why that came to mind. But you know what I mean? If you look at things like the way Spotify treat artists, yeah, you know, where they, they don't, really um so yeah it feels feels pretty cool man i think that's yeah and it's balanced right like i know that i've been called like the sham wow guy or like the uh the billy maze and i've kind of leaned into that a little bit because i have no problem asking people to buy something if i believe in the product i have no problem advertising aggressively if i believe in the mission and what we're doing no everyone i think they see a lot of people they have this perception of myself and drumio and they see, they're very much seeing it like an iceberg, you know, they're seeing a little bit of what, what they know, yeah. but there's this whole foundation below there um, that, that, that is all part of the story. So when you see me market something heavy and like, I'm like hard selling and, and just trying to get people to make a decision, right? Buy now or this deal's going away. And that's like, well, that's kind of, don't do that to me. You know, I gotta go, go easier. Well, it's, no, I want you to make a decision I want you to decide if you're going to play music or not, because if you if you start with us, I know that I have retention campaigns built in. I have engagement campaigns built in. I have things uh, we are. Our whole platform is like technology meets tradition. So you can connect with a, a live instructor one to one to one to get the help and motivation, inspiration. So I know if I get the, get these people hooked in uh, that they're way more likely to stay playing drums. So. I, I'm happy to market aggressively, and it sometimes you you said cash cow. It sometimes can appear that you know we we care so much about the sales, but we really want people to get enrolled and get on the path to mm. to musical mm -hmm. success. Yeah, and and it helps remove apathy as well. Yeah, you know, making people make a decision removes any kind of apathy, or they don't get to sit on the fence because it's something that benefits them. Yeah, yeah. playing music has a tangible benefit. 
Especially this in this past year, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So what are you gonna do instead? You're gonna go watch Netflix every night. Or you're gonna spend 30 minutes playing music. You know, like, and so that that's that I, that that's exactly right. You know, so I think people have time. I think people, majority of people, have the resources. I mean, if you have the internet, you can. We, our YouTube channel will teach you how to play drums. You know, it's not as good of an experience as Drumio, but I mean, it's still really good. Right? Yeah. We can all agree. You yeah. can learn a lot off of just YouTube, right? Absolutely. So for, there's for no, free. Yeah, it's gonna be fun to see where it all goes. You know, another another uh, eighteen years from now. Yeah, well, that was that was that's an obvious question for us that we had is like, what's the evolution of yeah, it? Yeah, what's the future? You know, I, I yeah. think streaming plat like you said, streaming platforms. I want I want to create. Uh, like a place for all musicians to hang out. Like, so you have Netflix, you have Hulu, you have Disney Plus. What is it for musicians? That where is that one streaming platform where a musician can log in and they can search things by their interest or their instrument that they play. They can search things by the bands that they love. They can watch live shows. There's this like content that has been curated and organized specifically for people who are living a lifestyle as a musician. That's amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. That that you know, like sign me up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, one minute you're watching the song remains the same documentary, the next minute you're watching a hard day's night, or you're watching a sto- the yeah. a, a doc about Miles, or and then you get into a Tony Williams lesson or something. Before you know it, you're down yeah. a rabbit hole of all this stuff that's just yeah. Netflix has like the Queen documentary, right? And they just mm-hmm. did a documentary on uh, the rapper Biggie, and they've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, other things. So it'd be cool if you're like watching a Queen documentary and then, yeah, you, you're like, okay, now you're going to go take some lessons on learning some Queen songs. Yeah. And then you're going to go, okay, so there's techniques associated with that that I need to learn. So I'm going to learn some of those techniques as yeah. well. And, you know, and so there's like all, all these snowballs. different, I mean, and it all relates. Yeah. Right? You, you watch the documentary, then Roger's teaching you the part. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like Brian, Brian May's teaching you the part. Or, 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 you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. that's that you can't really put a price on that because that's that's pretty amazing and yeah. all that heritage and story that these guys will bring to it as well you know um yeah. you know you, you watch something about weather report and the next thing erskine's actually taking you through how they played all that stuff you know that's it's so cool absolutely man yeah i'm in i'm in too um, Chris, Chris is actually going to be at your office on Monday morning. <laughs> sure. My flight leaves in like two hours. I've already checked in. Well, um, you'll have to you'll have to quarantine for fourteen days on your way in. That's Canada fine. rules. Yeah, that's fine. I'll do that. I'll do that. I'm going to switch gears a little bit. So uh, me and Chris both play Sonar drums, and nice. I know for a fact that you have been to the Sonar factory. So what was it like being in the Sonar factory? Oh my goodness! It's like so much heritage and history. Um, I don't. Have you guys ever been there? The the, the Paul and Gordon who who own and operate the store, uh, they've been. I was yeah. I was due to go when COVID hit, and actually I was supposed to be there the day my daughter was born. Okay. I, so I'm kind of glad I wasn't because that would have been a conversation <laughs> that I don't want to have. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> well, yeah, we, I filmed a documentary on on that, and what was cool with that is to see, like, I think the the one guy who's cutting all the, the lengths for the shells had been there for like 40 some years, yeah. the, the main craftsman. And then Carl Hines, the, the, kind of, the, the leader of Sonar had been there again for like 43 or 44 years. And then I learned more about the company as being like a, over a hundred, you know, founded in 1875 and, and all this like history with the Royal family and, 
how they kind of like moved the company throughout these the the World War One and World War Two and yeah. all this like other history. It was like it was so fascinating, and and I'm I'm like part German as well, although I don't oh, speak. Wow. Yeah, so it was just cool to be out there, and we went up into the hills like where we could see the factory and we shot some video just on the side of this mountain. It's just gorgeous. Like I loved it. I want, I'd love to go back there. Yeah. It's apparently amazing. Like total yeah, vibe. We would love to go. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm Especially dead. because we both play sonar drums as yeah. well. Yeah. Like, I became a kind of convert when they, they had a bit of, um, they've had a, a really great renaissance in the UK um, over the right. last um, wee while. Because they're now distributing themselves over here. They had some distribution issues for a long time. So actually yeah. getting the drums in the UK was really hard. Mm. But now they're readily available. I think we are one of the UK's number one dealers for Sonar. We sell oh, a lot of Sonar over here. Because we believe in it, you know. The, the drums yeah. are tremendously well built, you know, handmade. You know, as you well know. As you well know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I have a few Sonar kits. So. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're pretty yeah. scary good. Which one's your favourite? <laughs> Well, I have, we have the ProLite. I think I would say that's my favorite. I don't have an SQ2. I would obviously love one, but uh, we have the SQ1 um, and a ProLite. And I would love to get uh, a vintage sonar. I was just looking at, I was eyeing it the other day. There's one used one for sale. And I'm like, I really want that, but I have like <laughs> way too many kits right now. Yeah. So. Yeah, they, they are they are a vibe, man. They are a total thing. You know, they're great. Chris is the worst person to talk to about vintage because he will try and sell you a vintage like right now. <laughs> no, he plays one. Uh, if you go and answer the door, it's outside. <laughs> uh, your your wife took care of payment. It's fine. Uh, uh, no, they're just yeah, we love them. We love them. So awesome. yeah, that must be amazing as well. Did you not do Tama? I'm sure you did the Tama factory as well. I did. I was in yeah. uh, Seto, Japan, and Osaka. And- yeah, Tama makes great drums as well. Yeah, Paul, who who owns this place, he he got to see Yamaha too. He went to the Yamaha factory, so he's he's seen the Japanese and the Chinese production. So yeah, I was there as well. Yeah, I was it's... in uh, Tokyo and I was in Zhengzhou. Uh, yeah, Zhengzhou. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. But... Yeah, very different, I, I believe, between how they make the drums in both those factories, but equally yeah. amazing. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the Chinese factory is a little more clinical than the Japanese factory, from what I understand. You know, you won't find a drumstick lying about. It's all very kind of yeah. precise. And, and then the Japanese yeah. factory is a bit more, yeah, we're going to lay back a little. Like, well, I don't even know if, if uh, Yamaha has Japanese factory anymore. It has one that they make, Saka- they? They, they make the PHX in. Oh, they still make this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sakai still makes the PHX. No, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. no? Ya- Yamaha make it themselves. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, they make it themselves. It's like a, toy, a a very small, I think there's five guys can make the drums. Okay. Um, so when, when uh, Sakai started making drums for themselves, uh, they parted ways with Yamaha. Right. I think it was, I think it was Sakai's 40th anniversary, so they wanted to go out and, and do it for themselves. Yeah. And Yamaha were like, cool, you know, no problem. Um, so nice. yeah, Yamaha, that, I think that's one of the reasons the production moved to China. Right. And they keep the PHX there, so yeah. Yeah. Sorry cool. for the uh, lesson. Nah, I, I love Yamaha, so I should know all that. Yeah. <laughs> know, so. Yama, <laughs> Yamaha and Paiste, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I have no uh, drumming endorsement or anything. No, no, but, but like with all the companies, yeah. love them. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you look for in when you buy drums? Then, so you know, what kind of sounds are you looking for, or do you treat it all individually? Uh, well, I like I just like bunch of different types. Like I, I just cannot. 
I can't say like, oh, I'm just going to play this ANF kit. Like I love this ANF kit. The fact that you can, the tuning range is so low. Is it easy to tune? Um, is it easy to set up? Is the hardware manageable? Because, you know, we've done blind tests and stuff and like a drum is uh, a round piece of wood, metal <laughs> glued onto it and stuff. So it's yeah. like, yes, it's, there's an art form in putting it together, but when it comes to sound, um, I always challenge people to do like do a blind test and like see if you could like tell the difference between a Sonar and a Yamaha Phoenix. You know, you might be able to. Trained ears uh, are definitely better, but still, it's like really hard to do that if you, if you did like ten different tests and to make sure you know, get over fifty percent right. Oh, there's so many variables as well. Yeah. So for me, I like I I love like well, how does it look? You know, the kit does it. What are the aesthetics of it? And yeah, I, I like the the you did one with <laughs> with with pie stay as well, didn't you? You you blind tested some symbols and stuff. Yeah, and you managed to pick out the pie stay. Yeah, though the the because I've played those symbols before, right? So I kind of I already kind of knew what that pie stay. I think it was the the ride symbol that I got right or whatever. But I kind of know what what they sound like. Yeah, and um, super consistent. Yeah, pie stay is is I think symbols is easier to do like. A blind test than than um the than dr drums yeah yeah i would, yeah, ag I would agree with that i would yeah. agree with that yeah um so, so drums is like a lot about how does it look mm. you know how many pieces is it how, how, how does it how does it sound with the music you're playing yeah um yeah, there's other variables that matter to me there yeah the room and how's it are they are they all tuned together are they, yeah. the have they all got the same head on them yeah like, yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. How, how much coffee did you drink today you know what i mean <laughs> exactly. there's so many things about it so so well man it's been an absolute Jared, pleasure thank you so much thank you i appreciate i know i know you've had a break from podcasts so i, I appreciate that you broke your break yeah <laughs> definitely well um, you know, pod podcasts, I always love just sitting down and chatting, um, and everything, but, um, you know, it's just like when, when, I think when COVID started, it seemed like everyone was doing podcasts for a while. And that just was like a lot, this is too much. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I find if I do less then I can like promote the ones that I do and really spend time just like focusing on those. And so I'd love to send people to this once it's all done, mm, we'll put some stuff out. Yeah. And we'll yeah. like put it up on the socials and make sure everyone gets tagged and hopefully we hopefully people enjoy it. Like I still am shocked when people want to listen to anything I have to say. I'm humbled and I I'm so appreciative that you guys asked well, and allowed me to be on the show. So, I mean, you, you you you're one of the guys that changed the game for all of this stuff yeah, for totally. the way people learn, man. It, it like you know. you know nine years of 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 busting your ass, you know, as Dromeo before that, what four or five years before that, you know. Of, of really changing how people can learn that's pretty amazing you know? and even from talking to you there there's a lot of parallels that we certainly yeah. notice between us and yourself you know it's just yeah. like yeah it's, it's pretty amazing I'm looking forward to seeing what else you pull off man it's going to be great yeah likewise keep, keep, keep in touch and if you guys need anything but business wise or drumming wise just let me know I'm happy to help but thank you for having me on it's oh, thank you, for, thank thank you, thank you so much Jared Thanks for listening to this episode of Drummers Only Radio. You can find us online at www.drummersonly.co.uk. Drop us a line. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Drummers Only UK. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Any questions, info at drummersonly.co.uk is the email. Or if you need leads, it's leads at drummersonly.co.uk. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.